Welcome to the Buddy Shift Podcast. My name is Andrew, and I'm a third-year EM resident, and I'll be hosting the podcast today. Today, we're going to be talking about the dopes mnemonic, or more specifically, hypoxia on a ventilated patient. So let's start off with a small case. You have a 27-year-old male that presented to the ED, obtunded, and actually got intubated. But you're actually an ER resident rounding in the ICU. So you're on the floor when this patient arrives to the floor. And after a, about half an hour, the nurse calls you and says that the patient is now desaturating to the 70s. You get called to the bedside and she asks you what you want to do. So what's your next step? So one way I was taught to think about this is by using the dopes mnemonic. And the dopes mnemonic talks about the etiologies of what will cause hypoxia in a ventilated patient. Obviously, it's not all-encompassing, but it kind of gets your thoughts into a specific process so that when you're in a stressful situation, you kind of address things. So let's talk about the dopes mnemonic. D stands for the displacement of the tube. O stands for obstruction. P stands for pneumothorax. E stands for equipment failure. And then S stands for stacking. So we'll go through the dopes mnemonic, and then we can talk about what we can do in these situations to kind of help fix these things. So displacement of the tube. The tube can be displaced from the trachea, and that might be a reason why the patient's not oxygenating. So when you're moving the patient from the stretcher to the bed, or from the bed to the stretcher, or turning the patient, it's always possible that the tube can be displaced. One way that you can kind of see this is when intubating a patient, you don't have the tube all the way in the airway, what you'll get is a sound that sounds like gurgling when you're bagging the patient. And this can be a sign that the tube is not necessarily in the right spot. The second letter, O, stands for obstruction. So there's a couple ways that the tube can get obstructed, but more common ways are A, biting of the tube by the patient. If the patient isn't properly sedated, then they can start biting on the tube and cutting off the inner diameter of the tube, having increased difficulty oxygenating. The second way actually is with the mucus plug. If you have a patient that's got a really severe pneumonia or has a lot of sputum production, when they're intubated, that sputum still is there. So the sputum can actually block the tube, causing an obstruction and difficulty with oxygenation as well. The P actually stands for pneumothorax. So there's a couple ways you can get a pneumothorax. Obviously, we know that trauma can cause pneumothorax, and it might be really small when you intubate someone and not be seen by the chest x-ray. But after you do positive pressure ventilation, it can actually worsen the pneumothorax and possibly cause a tension pneumothorax. Also, you can have barrel and volume trauma from intubation and ventilation that can cause a pneumothorax as well. So the pneumothorax can actually cause difficulty oxygenation and cause a patient to desaturate. The E actually stands for equipment failure. So in terms of equipment failure, it could be disconnection of the tube from the circuit or disconnection from the circuit in any manner. So maybe you're doing a procedure and then the circuit gets disconnected and no one hears the vent alarm, then that can be an equipment failure. And that obviously would cause the patient to desaturate. Or if you're uh, in the emergency department and the patient actually is connected to an oxygen tank and the oxygen tank runs out of oxygen, things like that, or the oxygen isn't connected to the wall, then you can have equipment failure in that manner and cause the patient to desaturate. And the last one is breast stacking. And this usually happens in people with COPD or asthma. And what breast stacking actually is, is when a new breath gets pushed into a patient before they fully exhale. So in these obstructive lung diseases, these patients will take a little bit longer to exhale because of the obstructive process than a regular patient. And before they fully exhale, a new breath gets pushed in. So it's a little bit more volume in total 
um, with that new title volume that they had previously. And over time, what you can actually have is stacking your breasts, and then obviously they won't be oxygenating well because they're not exchanging air. Now that we know what the dose demonic stands for, we can talk about what to do once you arrive to the room. One of the first things I was taught to do when I arrived to the room is look at the patient, make sure they still have a pulse, and see what their oxygen saturations are at. But if they're still satting okay, you can actually pass a suction catheter into the tube and see if the patient has any mucus plugging into the tube at all. And it also allows you to see if the patient is obstructing or not by budding on the tube. So I was always taught to pass a suction catheter into the tube, suction the tube out, and see if that helps the patient's oxygenation. If that doesn't appear to help, the second thing I was taught to do is actually disconnect the patient from the vent. And what this will allow the patient to do is actually have full exhalation. So if the patient has some breast stacking, disconnecting them from the vent will allow them to fully exhale. And that might require you pressing them on the chest, pressing on their chest to help with the exhalation, especially if they have a very severe obstructive process. Once you disconnected the patient from the vent and they've had full exhalation, I was taught to use a bag valve mask and actually bag them. And what this allows for is for 100% FiO2 into this patient's lungs, or nearly 100% with the bag valve mask, especially when it's connected to wall oxygen as high as it can go. It also allows you to kind of assess the compliance of the patient's lungs, and that can actually tell you a lot of information. When you're bagging the patient, it's important to look for equal chest rise on the patient too, because if the patient has a pneumothorax or a possible tension pneumothorax, you won't see equal chest rise all the time. And while someone's bagging, someone else can actually be listening to the patient, listening for equal, uh, equal breath sounds too. The third thing I was taught to do is actually verify tube placement. And there's a couple ways you can do it. The fastest and easiest way I was taught to do it is by either using bedside bronchoscopy, if your facility has that available, or using the GlideScope or direct laryngoscopy to kind of see if the tube is still in between the vocal cords. Using bronchoscopy or the GlideScope or direct laryngoscopy, you can see that bedside because chest x-ray takes a little bit longer. At my facility, it takes five minutes for chest x-ray to come from the ED all the way up to the ICU, or even five minutes from the ED in the back to get to the room sometimes, and then can take another couple minutes before they're able to get the board behind the patient and actually shoot the chest x-ray. So the chest x-ray is great, but sometimes in a time-sensitive situation, bedside bronchoscopy or direct laryngoscopy using the blade or the glide scope can help as well. After that, you can also evaluate for pneumothorax using the chest x-ray. But another bedside thing you can do besides your physical exam is actually using bedside ultrasound. If you use the linear probe, you can actually put the linear probe on the patient's right and left chest and look for lung sliding on the chest. And if you don't see any lung sliding, the patient could have a pneumothorax. And if you don't have that in conjunction of the physical exam showing unequal chest rise, possible tracheal deviation, or no breath sounds, then it's reasonable to think that you have a pneumothorax and you might need to needle decompress this patient if needed or do a finger thoracostomy. And the last thing is to adjust the vent settings. This is kind of the last step. But maybe you need to increase the patient's PEEP or maybe you need to increase the patient's FiO2 and they're just not oxygenating well because of that or worsening of their disease process. So if you go through these other steps and the patient's still not oxygenating well, it's possible that they have a worsening of their disease process that might have caused them to be intubated in the first part. So see if you can address the underlying cause and increase their oxygenation that way or by addressing the vent settings by increasing PEEP or increasing their FiO2 until the disease process gets a little bit better. So let's do a quick review. What are the big points? 
when you have a patient that's hypoxic on the ventilator, one of the biggest things that you can think about is the dopes mnemonic because it helps you think of the etiologies of why this patient might actually be hypoxic. So D stands for displacement of the tube. O stands for obstruction of the tube, whether it's by biting or mucus plugging. P stands for pneumothorax or tension pneumothorax. E stands for equipment failure. And S stands for stacking. And one of the things that you can do for these patients, or some of the things that you can do for these patients is to section the tube, see if that helps if you have time. Um, you can disconnect them from the vent and actually bag the patient. And then you can actually verify tube placement, whether at bedside, by bronchoscopy or direct laryngoscopy, or by using the chest x-ray. You can assess for pneumothorax by your physical exam and by ultrasound and chest x-ray. And if none of those things work, you might need to change the patient's vent settings because their disease process might be worsening. Of course, this isn't an all-encompassing list, but can kind of give you a framework to work off of when you're in a very stressful situation. So thanks for joining us for another Emergency Medicine Body Shift podcast. As always, we always encourage you to look up everything we've talked about today to kind of help solidify your understanding of what we talked about, but also to verify to make sure we're not telling you the wrong things as well, because we always can make mistakes as well. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you guys on the next podcast. Thanks.